It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Such a stupid trick on me. But if you have fully gratified your peculiar sense of humor, I must again ask you to send for a cab. It was the wrong note, and she knew it as she spoke. To be stung by irony is not necessary to understand it, and the angry streaks on Trenner's face might have been raised by an actual lash. "'Look here, Lily, don't take that high and mighty tone with me.' He had again moved toward the door, and in her instinctive shrinking from him, she let him regain command of the threshold. "'I did play a trick on you. I own up to it. But if you think I'm ashamed, you're mistaken. Lord knows I've been patient enough.' I've hung round and looked like an ass, and all the while you were letting a lot of other fellows make up to you, letting them make fun of me, I dare say. I'm not sharp, and can't dress my friends up to look funny as you do, but I can tell when it's being done to me. I can tell fast enough when I'm made a fool of. Ah, I shouldn't have thought that, flashed from Lily, but her laugh dropped to silence under his look. No, you wouldn't have thought of it. "'But you'll know better now. That's what you're here for tonight. "'I've been waiting for a quiet time to talk things over, "'and now I've got it, I mean to make you hear me out.' "'His first rush of inarticulate resentment "'had been followed by a steadiness and concentration of tone "'more disconcerting to Lily than the excitement preceding it. "'For a moment her presence of mind forsook her. "'She had more than once been in situations "'where a quick sword-play of wit had been needful to cover her retreat, but her frightened heart-throbs told her that here such skill would not avail. To gain time, she repeated, I don't understand what you want. Trenor had pushed a chair between himself and the door. He threw himself in it and leaned back, looking up at her. I'll tell you what I want. I want to know just where you and I stand. Hang it, the man who pays for the dinner is generally allowed to have a seat at table. She flamed with anger and abasement, and the sickening need of having to conciliate where she longed to humble. I don't know what you mean, but you must see, Gus, that I can't stay here talking to you at this hour. 
Gad, you go to men's houses fast enough in broad daylight. Strikes me you're not always so deuced careful of appearances. The brutality of the thrust gave her the sense of dizziness that follows on a physical blow. Rosedale had spoken, then. This was the way men talked of her. She felt suddenly weak and defenseless. There was a throb of self-pity in her throat. But all the while another self was sharpening her to vigilance, whispering the terrified warning that every word and gesture must be measured. "'If you have brought me here to say insulting things,' she began, Trenor laughed. "'Don't talk stage rot. I don't want to insult you, but a man's got his feelings, and you've played with mine too long. I didn't begin this business, kept out of the way, and left the track clear for the other chaps, till you rummaged me out, and set to work to make an ass of me, and an easy job you had of it, too. That's the trouble. It was too easy for you. You got reckless.' thought you could turn me inside out and chuck me in the gutter like an empty purse but by gad that ain't playing fair that's dodging the rules of the game of course i know now what you wanted it wasn't my beautiful eyes you were after but i tell you what miss lily you've got to pay up for making me think so he rose squaring his shoulders aggressively and stepped toward her with a reddening brow but she held her footing though every nerve tore at her to retreat as he advanced. "'Pay up,' she faltered. "'Do you mean that I owe you money?' He laughed again. "'Oh, I'm not asking for payment in kind, but there's such a thing as fair play, and interest on one's money, and hang me if I've had as much as a look from you.' "'Your money? What have I got to do with your money?' You advise me how to invest mine. You must have seen I knew nothing of business. You told me it was all right. It was all right. It is, Lily. You're welcome to all of it. And ten times more. I'm only asking for a word of thanks from you. He was closer still, with a hand that grew formidable, and the frightened self in her was dragging the other down. I have thanked. I've shown I was grateful. What more have you done than any friend might do, or anyone except from a friend? Trenor caught her up with a sneer. I don't doubt you've accepted as much before, and chucked the other chaps as you'd like to chuck me. I don't care how you settled your score with them. If you fooled them, I'm that much to the good. Don't stare at me like that. I know I'm not talking the way a man is supposed to talk to a girl, but hang it. If you don't like it, you can stop me quick enough. You know I'm mad about you. Damn the money. There's plenty more of it. If that bothers you, I was a brute. Lily, Lily, just look at me. Over and over her the sea of humiliation broke. Wave crashing on wave so close that the moral shame was one with the physical dread. It seemed to her that self-esteem would have made her invulnerable, that it was her own dishonor which put a fearful solitude about her. His touch was a shock to her drowning consciousness. She drew back from him with a desperate assumption of scorn. I've told you I don't understand, but if I owe you money, you shall be paid. Trenor's face darkened to rage. Her recoil of aberrance had called out the primitive man. Ah, you'll borrow from Selden or Rosedale, and take your chances of fooling them as you fooled me, unless— unless you've settled your other scores already, and I'm the only one left out in the cold. 
She stood silent, frozen to her place. The words, the words were worse than the touch. Her heart was beating all over her body, in her throat, her limbs, her helpless, useless hands. Her eyes traveled despairingly about the room. They lit on the bell, and she remembered that help was in call. Yes, but scandal with it, a hideous mustering of tongues. No, she must fight her way out alone. It was enough that the servants knew her to be in the house with Trenor. There must be nothing to excite conjecture in her way of leaving it. She raised her head and achieved a last clear look at him. I am here alone with you, she said. What more have you to say? To her surprise, Trenor answered the look with a speechless stare. With his last gust of words, the flame had died out, leaving him chill and humbled. It was as though a cold air had dispersed the fumes of his libations, and the situation loomed before him black and naked as the ruins of a fire. Old habits, old restraints, the hand of inherited order, plucked back the bewildered mind which passion had jolted from its ruts. Trenor's eye had the haggard look of the sleepwalker waked on a deathly ledge. "'Go home! Go away from here!' he stammered, and, turning his back on her, walked toward the hearth. The sharp release of her fears restored Lily to immediate lucidity. The collapse of Trenor's will left her in control, and she heard herself, in a voice that was her own yet outside herself, bidding him ring for the servant, bidding him give the order for a hansom, directing him to put her in it when it came. Whence the strength came to her, she knew not, but an insistent voice warned her that she must leave the house openly, and nerved her, in the hall, before the hovering caretaker, to exchange light words with Trenor, and charge him with the usual messages for Judy, while all the while she shook with inward loathing. On the doorstep, with the street before her, she felt a mad throb of liberation, intoxicating as the prisoner's first draught of free air. But the clearness of brain continued, and she noted the mute aspect of Fifth Avenue, guessed at the lateness of the hour, and even observed a man's figure. Was there something half-familiar in its outline? Which, as she entered the hansom, turned from the opposite corner and vanished in the obscurity of the side street. But with the turn of the wheels reaction came, and shuddering darkness closed on her. I can't think, I can't think, she moaned, and leaned her head against the rattling side of the cab. She seemed a stranger to herself, or rather there were two selves in her, the one she had always known, and a new abhorrent being to which it found itself chained. She had once picked up, in a house where she was staying, a translation of the Eumenides, and her imagination had been seized by the high terror of the scene where Orestes, in the cave of the oracle, finds his implacable huntresses asleep, and snatches an hour's repose. Yes, the Furies might sometimes sleep, but they were there, always there, in the dark corners, and now they were awake, and the iron clang of their wings was in her brain. She opened her eyes, and saw the streets passing, the familiar alien streets. All she looked on was the same, and yet changed. There was a great gulf fixed between today and yesterday. Everything in the past seemed simple, natural, full of daylight, and she was alone in a place of darkness and pollution. Alone. It was the loneliness that frightened her. Her eyes fell on an illuminated clock at a street corner, and she saw that the hands marked the half-hour after eleven. 
only half-past eleven. There were hours and hours left of the night, and she must spend them alone, shuddering sleepless on her bed. Her soft nature recoiled from this ordeal, which had none of the stimulus of conflict to goad her through it. Oh, the slow, cold drip of the minutes on her head! She had a vision of herself lying on the black walnut bed, and the darkness would frighten her, and if she left the light burning, the dreary details of the room would brand themselves forever on her brain. She had always hated her room at Mrs. Peniston's, its ugliness, its impersonality, the fact that nothing in it was really hers. To a torn heart, uncomforted by human nearness, a room may open almost human arms, and the being to whom no four walls mean more than any others is, at such hours, expatriate everywhere. Lily had no heart to lean on. Her relation with her aunt was as superficial as that of chance lodgers who pass on the stairs. But even had the two been in closer contact, it was impossible to think of Mrs. Peniston's mind as offering shelter or comprehension to such misery as Lily's. As the pain that can be told is but half a pain, so the pity that questions has little healing in its touch. What Lily craved was the darkness, made by enfolding arms, the silence which is not solitude, but compassion holding its breath. She started up and looked forth on the passing streets. Gertie! They were nearing Gertie's corner. If only she could reach there, before this laboring anguish burst from her breast to her lips. If only she could feel the hold of Gertie's arms while she shook in the ague fit of fear that was coming upon her. She pushed up the door in the roof and called the address to the driver. It was not so late. Gertie might still be waking, and even if she were not, the sound of the bell would penetrate every recess of her tiny apartment and rouse her to answer her friend's call. End of Book One, Chapter Thirteen Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.